Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. And so I want to talk with you real quick about the fact that Loving fall, I, I love it because of all these events, but there's really one, re, one thing behind all of those events. There's one thing behind Community Sunday, into the city. There's one thing behind all of that, and it's just called people. Reaching people with Christ. That's the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to grow the believer and reach people, to glorify God and reach people. That's the purpose of why Moses Lake Baptist Church was started. I'm thinking about really probably one of the most exciting things this year for our fall season is Ridgepoint Baptist that I just spoke about. Man, getting ready to start a brand new church and just, uh, just under, I, I think it's right at 17 days now and looking forward to starting this brand new work and what God's gonna do through Micah and Rebecca. I'm just excited about that. But we say, well, why start a church in Wenatchee? Aren't there churches in Wenatchee? Yes, there's churches in Wenatchee. But listen, there are more lost people in Wenatchee. And we wanna, we wanna see people come to know Christ as Savior. And so all of everything that we do, the fall time, being excited about it, me being excited about all of the outreaches and all of the community involvement. Uh, There's a common goal with all of those events, and it's to see people trust Christ as Savior. That's our purpose. That's why Moses Lake Baptist Church exists. Ridgepoint is starting. It's to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus and to grow so that they too can be grounded and perhaps reach others with the gospel. It's a multiplication effect that God himself instituted through the Great Commission. It's great to have events on the calendar. It's great to have goals. It's great to have the goal of seeing people saved. But the truth is that we can go through all of the planning We can go through all of the outreach. We can go through all of the uh, um, uh, build up to an event. But what we've been saying through all of this is if God doesn't show up, then what we do is of no effect. Because lasting effectiveness only comes from God. It only comes from his spirit. It only comes from him working. And so lately we've been learning about the importance of, of seeking God's hand to work. We've given a phrase the last, uh, this last Thursday and then even building up to it with dangerous prayer series on Sunday mornings that we looked through. The phrase is simply this, when God's people pray, God works. When God's people pray, God works. Now we identified a couple of weeks ago and on our Sunday morning uh, dangerous prayer series that sometimes God doesn't work the way God people's pr- God's people pray. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes we pray one thing, God says, no, that's not my will. I want you to be surrendered to a different plan. But the fact is that regardless of what we pray, how we pray, God desires that you and I would show a dependence upon him. And that's what we understood last week is that prayer is me just coming and saying, God, I am totally dependent upon you. Here's my request. Here's the situation. Here's my praise. Here's my worship. Whatever type of prayer it is, it's all about showing dependence upon him. And so tonight, we're going to look into a passage that we briefly mentioned last week and discover just a couple of thoughts and comparisons about prayer, about depending upon the Lord and then going to see how it applies to us. Uh, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, and I want to begin reading in verse number 23. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 23. 
It says, and being let go, this would be uh, Peter and John. Um, of course, they had been arrested, Acts chapter number three. They had been um, uh, going past the temple, and you'll remember they had healed the, the lame man by the temple. They got arrested. They got accused. They got told not to preach in Jesus' name. It says they were let go. They went to their own company, to the, the church family, and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they, the company, the church, when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according, according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I love the book of Acts. I love so many of the, uh, the stories that are in there. But really, I just love because you are seeing uh, what my father-in-law is, the book of Acts, the church on, move, the, church on the move. Uh, I mean, you're seeing a church just move forward. First, the church of Jerusalem, and then Antioch, and then you begin to see all of the different church plants that Paul does. But when you go all the way back to the beginning of this church at Jerusalem, to their early days, when you go all the way back to it, we see a great power, a great boldness, a great effectiveness beginning in a small room with prayer. That's what it started with. Acts chapter 2, we saw it last week. Acts chapter 4, as the church has now grown to be thousands of people, we're going to see that they just come back to prayer. And tonight I want to talk with you once again just about the importance of dependence upon the Lord, not only as an individual, but also as a church. 
It's very important that if we're going to see the effectiveness of God in our individual lives, we're dependent upon him. But the same is also true of a church. A church will never see the effectiveness of God uh, working within unless, man, they're seeking him and being dependent upon him. And so we're going to talk about it for a few moments tonight, and then we'll spend some time together praying. But let's ask the Lord to bless our time. God, thank you again. I know we've prayed already a couple of times, Lord, and for some specific requests. But tonight, Lord, we just come before you, and I just want to surrender this time to you again. I want to tell you we need you tonight. Father, I pray that you'd speak into each of our lives, that you would use your word, and that you would help affect our hearts, our minds, and our thoughts about a, uh, having a dependence upon you. Lord, I pray that if there's someone perhaps here tonight or watching via live stream that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that today would be the day they put their faith and their trust in you. And then, Lord, I pray for every person who knows you as Savior, God, that you would help each of us tonight to have a mindset that says, I'm going to be dependent and seek God. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Get a drink of water real quick. As we come to Acts chapter number four, I want us to notice a couple of thoughts about this church and specifically even about the nation of Israel. Notice, if you will, in Acts chapter number four, we find that the church and the people of Israel, they're in what I'm going to call a time of difficulty. They're in a time of difficulty. If you were to go to the, back to the beginning of Acts chapter number four, you are really beginning to see persecution against the church. Now, we know the first martyr uh, to die for the gospel of Jesus was Acts chapter number seven and eight, uh, a man by the name of Stephen, one of the first deacons that would be chosen in Acts chapter number six. But we see persecution beginning in the beginning of Acts chapter number four. Well, why was persecution taking place? I mentioned it just a moment ago when we opened with our reading. Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple one day, Acts chapter number three. And as they were passing by the lame man that sat at the gate, which is called Beautiful, uh, you'll remember with me, if you've read the story before, that he cries out, uh, sirs, can you give, you know, do you have something for me? And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And of course, miraculously, that man stands to his feet and begins to worship and praise God and goes into the temple. And well, the Pharisees and the, uh, the Sanhedrin, those religious leaders, that group of uh, 72, 73 men that would be the religious leaders of the day, they begin to kind of uh, look at this man and they recognize him. Well, that's, that's the lame man. And they begin inquiring of him. Hey, how did you get healed? What, what took place in your life? And, and of course, he, he just directs it back to Peter and John. Man, they, these guys did it. Well, long story short, what happens in the beginning of chapter number four is they're getting arrested. Man, they get arrested for simply helping somebody. They got arrested for healing somebody, for uh, God using that power. And of course, we know that those sign gifts were used uh, to validate their message. We now have the word of God to validate our message. Peter said, we have something that's greater uh, than what they have. It's much more. Going through discipleship this week with somebody, man, we just kind of keyed in on that thought that uh, what we have is much more precious than what they had. And so they had these sign gifts. And of course, they raised this man up and got arrested for it. You'll remember that they went through some different scourging or beating time, and they went through, a, 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 of course, what was always the kangaroo trial, you know, that they would go through. And what took place in chapter 4 and verse number 3 
is they're carried off to jail. Notice what it says. They laid hands on them, put them in hold uh, until the next day, for it was now eventide. And so now Peter and John, they're not only arrested, they're going to spend time in jail overnight. In jail, they preach to their captors. The Bible tells us about them uh, perhaps preaching to the, the people that were there, but then they're still under pressure and they're still under persecution. They get called back before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin, no, they can't push charges upon uh, Peter and John. But notice what they instruct them with. Acts chapter four, verse 18. Look at the passage. It says, they, the Sanhedrin, called them, Peter and John, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Hey, you guys are not allowed to speak in the name of Christ. Of course, it says, Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we, or because we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. If I'm looking at that early church, I'm looking at a church and believers who were in a time of difficulty. They're in a time when literally it is going to be against the law to speak the truth that they're speaking. When I think of a time of difficulty, I, it really reminds me of our country right now. Man, everything's, everything's challenging. I mean, we've been, we, you know, of course, now it's just kind of become a joke, 2020, the year of, you know, that threw, threw up on us or whatever. Uh, uh, we, we talk a lot about COVID or different things that have taken place, but really, even 2019, 2018, listen, we're just seeing culture digress, aren't we? Man, we're just seeing things wax worse and worse. And I'm thinking right now that especially right now, you think about this, a difficult time. We really are at an unimagined time right now where the enemies of God are bold and active. Think about this. If someone would have told you this time last year, they would have told you this time last year, one year from now, people will be arrested for going to church in America. We would have said, no way. Man, we have, the, we have the Constitution. We have this. We have that. And yet we're seeing Christians are being attacked for gathering. Last night I saw arrested for singing and not wearing a mask in, in the state of Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. Our friend Bill Quaid pastors there. And man, what a, what a crazy situation. We're seeing where rioting is okay, but worshiping is not. We're seeing where uh, abortion clinics can still perform abortion, but then you have, to go, uh, you have to go through the ringer just to get your kid into the dentist. You say, Pastor, what, what do you say? I'm just saying, things are crazy right now. It's a difficult time. On top of all of that type of stuff, I mean, culture is just crazy. When I think about our culture right now, I'm reminded of what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter five and verse number 20. Listen to what Isaiah said, what God told Isaiah to say to the people. He said, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Man, that's what we're seeing happen. And it's been happening right for decades now. It's just been digressing and going downhill. I don't know about you, but when I look at 
craziness or a time of difficulty. I see it in Acts chapter 4, and I can see it in our culture. Acts chapter 4, they're arrested and told, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. And, and if you do, and there, there's going to be consequences, and there's a time of difficulty for that early church. And I'm seeing that take place in our lives as well. I see not only a time of difficulty, but I see that that time of difficulty, it drives them to what I'm calling a time of decision. It drives them to a time of decision. In our passage, this is exactly what happened. God's people, and specifically Peter and John, they're driven to a decision. In the passage, we read and we find that uh, they're told, listen, you will not speak in the name of Jesus. But we read their decision in verse 19 and verse number 20, where they said, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, judge ye. For or because we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. Man, what was their decisions? Their, their decision was Calvary. Their decision was what Brian said a moment ago. Hey, regardless of what happens, I choose the cross. I'm speaking for the cross. I'm going to stand up for the cross. And, and then they go back to the church. They get out of, out of jail and being let go, they go back to the company. They go back to that group of believers and reported uh, all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So now the, the, the other believers are, are let in on this consequence, on what's taking place and what has been given to them. And so now the other believers are at a decision point. What's the decision point that Peter and John were at? What's the decision point that these believers were at? They, they're at this decision point. Do we cave in? Do we quit speaking what we've seen and heard? The believers now are, are thinking, uh, do we go into hiding? Do we quit? Do we turn back? Uh, I mean, what do we do? But I want you to see tonight that they made their decision. And Peter's decision and John's decision was, we're going to boldly speak. But then as a group, as a company, notice their decision in verse number 24. Their, their decision is very clear. It says, when they had heard that, that that is everything that was just recounted to them. When they had heard that, what did they do? They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Man, they went to God. They went to God. Their time of, uh, of difficulty that drove them to this time of decision, their decision was, we need him. <laughs> it was, we, we can't fight this. We can't do anything, but we have a God who can. We'll see in a moment their prayer and what they did, but I want us to understand tonight that difficulty and challenges, whether it's in an individual's life or in a church's life, is always going to bring you to the point of decision. Struggles always bring us to the place of choosing. Think about this. Think about yourself as an individual. Every time that you've ever gone through a struggle financially or relationship or with health or something like that, you have to make a decision. <laughs> Do I trust God and move forward and keep trusting God? Or do I fall back on my own wisdom and say, God, I've got this? That's the decision we make. 
Do I, do I go to dependence upon him or do I rely on my own strength? Their decision, it was to go to God, but unfortunately in our day and age, I, I don't think we see this as a big trend among a lot of believers. We're seeing many people in our culture, and again, I'm not talking just about, you know, uh, uh, cultural issues that we see. I'm talking about just Christians in their everyday life. We see people just give in and quit. We see believers who, who just kind of throw in the towel. We see people who, uh, well, we'll just wait for a better time, and we'll wait for a better day, and I'll follow the Lord then, and I'll, do, I'll make my decision then. I was uh, talking, uh, witnessing to a fellow recently, and, and he just said something along the lines of, you know what, I just following God, it just isn't in my cards right now, but I'm sure it will be one day. And the sad thing is, that's a lot of believers even, is, you know what, I'll get serious about God one day. I'll get serious about God one day. I was talking with a, another um, ministry friend just today, and he said to me, by the way, he said to tell the blims hi, and uh, I'll tell you, um, Andrew Friedenstein. Anyway, he, uh, he said, we were talking today, he said he was talking to another pastor just recently that was saying, well, listen, uh, we, we'll get engaged when things begin affecting us. And that was his whole, we'll get engaged when things begin affecting us. And my friend was like, don't you understand? It is affecting you. The truth is there's a lot of Christians that say, you know what, I'll witness to my coworker when they ask. You know, I'll stand up, I'll stand up and make right decisions when I'm confronted with it. Can I just say today that we're in a difficult time and that difficult time is driving a decision and the decision is not to uh, wait the decision is I'm going to be like the disciples in that early church to say I'm going to be bold and I'm going to seek God. We're seeing decisions of people now. I mean, Christians, they turn specifically to politics. Well, that I'm going to take up this stand and my issue is going to be political. There's others, they say, well, my issue is going to be boycotting and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. Or uh, other people, they take, make the decision of, you know what, during this difficult time, I'm just going to tell everybody else where they're wrong. So I'm going to post on social media why everybody else is an idiot and I'm the only smart person left on this globe. <laughs> Let me just say tonight that while standing needs to happen, and you know, of course, if you've been here for at our church for any length of time, man, we're involved politically and being involved in politics is necessary and it's, there's, uh, there's something to be said about not being afraid to stand up for truth and definitely needing and, and posting certain things online. But can I tell you tonight that the decision that God's people need to make is not I'm going to do more of this political thing or do more of that. The decision that God's people need to make is I'm going to seek God. If the screens keep wigging out, it's okay. The devil's in them. Or it's Dale. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> no, they've been wigging out all day. You know what? Listen, the decision that you and I need to make as followers of Jesus Christ, just click the different slide, Dale. See if that'll go that. Yeah. <laughs> they wig out. The decision that believers need to make is not, it's not, okay, here's how other ways I'm gonna be more involved. The decision the believers need to make is I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek God. I want to show you tonight that as they 
were, of course, in that time of difficulty, which drove them to a time of decision. It brought, it brought them to a time of power, a time of power. Carlos, you want to jump back or grab Brian or something? It is possessed. <clears throat> what they did in, the, in those, that day in Acts chapter number four is they sought God. And you know what happened? God showed up. Notice what took place. If you look at their, at their uh, prayer, we see their prayer in verse 24 through verse number 30. But notice verse number 31 where it says this. It says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. And then it continues, but if you were to go, and we already read it, so we won't do it for time's sake, but if you were to go and you were to read verses 31 down through verse number 37, let me just tell you very quickly how God showed up. Here's how God showed up in verse 31 down through verse number 37. Verse 31, man, God showed up literally physically. The place was shaken. We don't know exactly what took place, but it, that God showed up through the power of the Holy Spirit and shook the presence of that place. But then notice what it says. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Man, God showed up by giving his people boldness. What else happened? God showed up, verse number 32, by bringing unity. God showed up by bringing unity. If you look at verse number 32, it says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. God brought unity. What else happened? I believe that God brought a concern for others and an outward focus on humility. An outward focus on humility. Look at it, if you would, in verse number 32. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. So what did they do? Man, they began selling off what they had, and they began to, uh, to go in and invest. This whole thing, some people say, well, see, that's God's for socialism. That's not what this verse is. It. That's not what it's about. It's about meeting the needs of people. That's, what it, that's completely what it's about. It's just meeting the needs of people. Hey, Carlos, we'll just turn the TVs off. Let's try that. It's driving me nuts now. If they even go off, watch them not turn off. Uh, verse 32 and 33, it's just God. It's just God saying, hey, listen, I'm gonna use you as people to meet the needs of others. So God showed up by them seeing, having a concern for others, having an outward focus, having humility. We find that God showed up and worked in a very powerful way in verse number 33, with great power. He gave the apostles witness of the resurrection and of the Lord Jesus. And then it says, and a great grace was upon them all. That phrase, great grace, it means a supernatural strengthening. A supernatural strength was upon them. We find God met their, showing up, showed up by meeting their needs. And then the thought I brought out last week as we just looked at the, the power behind or the power that accompanies prayer, uh, Joseph, Barnabas, man, God began to work in his heart and God would later use him to help Paul travel around and start a number of churches. I think in Acts chapter number four, we really see true what the statement we've been saying for weeks now and really years is the fact that when the people of God pray, God works. Man, divine power, God steps in. I stated it a moment ago and we'll close with this thought. 
we are at a time of decision. We're at a time of decision in our country and really we're at a time of decision in our individual lives. Are we going to just sit back and watch our country and our state and our county and our town and maybe your friends and your family and that stranger on the street? Are we gonna sit back and watch the lives of people around us collapse and miss out on a relationship with Jesus or are we going to seek God and see what God can do? One old preacher said it this way. He said, the prayer power has never been tried to its full capacity. And if we want to see mighty wonders of divine power and grace wrought in the place of weakness, failure, and disappointment, let us answer God's standing challenge. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I want to challenge you as a believer tonight, and this is the last night we're focusing in on this uh, topic of prayer for a, a few weeks. But I want to challenge you as a believer tonight, and, and as, a, as a follower of Jesus, and if you're part of our church, as a part of Moses Lake Baptist Church, I want to challenge you to come to the place where you say, God, I'm not going to flee. I'm not going to go into hiding. I'm not going to become disengaged. No, God, I'm going to seek you. God, I'm going to seek you, and with boldness, I'm going to stand up for you and stand up with you. I think we can learn a lot about the prayer. We're not going to do it, but Acts chapter 4, we can follow their example in prayer. You know what they did in their prayer? They worshiped and praised God. I believe there's submission and thanksgiving towards God. They bring their situation, their request to God. They ask God to do his work. They pray for God to be seen, and they do all of it in the name of Jesus. Can I just say that tonight what we need are some believers who follow the examples of early Christians who God used in a miraculous way. Some believers to say, you know what? We're in a time of difficulty. I'm making a decision. And my decision is my dependence upon God. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm gonna be dependent upon him. And may we as a church, those of us at Moses Lake Baptist, may we hear Make the decision, no matter what takes place, man, we're gonna be a church that prays and a church that seeks him, understanding that nothing, nothing of lasting value happens unless God shows up. You know what you need in God? You know what you need in your life? You need more God. Your workplace needs more God. Your kids, they need more God. Your marriage, it needs more God. Your grandkids, your grandparents, listen, whatever state of life you're in, the people around you, they just need more God. Our church, our community, our country, it just needs more God. And see what God needs? He needs more believers seeking him. God, I can't. We can't, but you can. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.